Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, what's going on, guys? U.S. Open weekend. This is me crazy, obviously, with Live Golf and the the players who've gone over. Now they're back in the states at the U.S. Open in Boston, including Phil Mickelson. You got Bryson DeChambeau. You've got Patrick Reed, who have recently signed up. They didn't just play in London, but they have recently signed up for Live Golf. They don't even have press conferences scheduled. That's for Bryson and Reed. It'll be interesting to see if they do get asked questions by certain reporters, or if they're going to be really closed off by their agents and by their managers. Who knows what's going to happen this week? But I know with Mickelson, obviously, we'll hear a, a bit in his press conference. I know Christine Brennan, from columnist from USA Today, she has already mentioned she's going to be taking him to task about his decisions with Live Golf and with the Saudi-backed league there. So we'll see how this all develops. It's going to be an interesting U.S. Open, but nonetheless, they're back at a historical venue, Brookline. Remember, 1999 was the last time there was a big event there, the Ryder Cup, the big-time American comeback from 10-6 when it was Ben Crenshaw leading that team. Of course, Justin Leonard making that putt on a 17th hole, that bomb, which he had practiced earlier in the week against Jose Maria Olathabal. He found a way. Uh, he has a caddy, a local caddy, actually, uh, what he would expect the pin position would be for that week. So it's interesting. So many stories going back. And I got on the pod this week one of the really good storytellers and play-by-play announcers in all of golf and in sports – NBC's Dan Hicks, and this guy has a lot of history. He was there at Brookline in 99. He was also been a part, a huge part for decades of the U.S. Open coverage on NBC. And so there's so many good stories here. We get to Tiger Woods in 08. We get to Pinehurst in 99. There's just so many good look, kind of look down memory lane with Dan Hicks. He's been at NBC for 30 years now, since 1992. He just turned 60 this month. There's a lot of uh, uh, major things in his life that have happened so far. So we go down and and ask about a number of things. Obviously, major championships. Some of his favorite memories, Ryder Cup as well. What does he reflect on? Uh, What does he really remember from some of these big moments he's been a part of? He's all about, uh, you'll hear, but he loves to enhance the story, whatever he can do to really enhance these star players and, and their moments. It's all about their moments. So we'll get to Dan Hicks in just a minute. Before we do that, I want to talk to you about Encore Golf. Three balls, one truth. Technology matters. Golf is complicated. Choosing the right ball for your game doesn't have to be. Encore's three-ball lineup covers the full spectrum of spin, trajectory, and compression to ensure your golf game is completely dialed in. And with their direct-to-consumer model, they have a golf ball to fit any budget. Go to EncoreGolf.com. Check them out on Twitter and Instagram as well, at EncoreGolf. All right, let's get to it. Dan Hicks from NBC Sports, play-by-play announcer. This actually happened at Bay Hill back in March. So we go in way back uh, when we recorded this. But you know what? This is all about looking ahead in this season. What were some of the big events that he was looking forward to? Uh, you do hear a little sound towards the end. There was a guy doing construction was outside of the media center where this took place, doing some construction as if he didn't realize we were doing an interview, probably about 40 feet away. So you might be able to hear some of that towards the end. I do apologize. But still, really fun get-together with Dan Hicks from NBC. And hope you guys enjoyed on Beyond the Clubhouse.
All right, Garrett Johnson here with Dan Hicks, and I want to look ahead to the in this season that we're in right now. I look at your career, 30 years at NBC. Before we look ahead to some of the big events coming up in, in the <laughs> schedule. I it. Yeah, it's been but a long time. How are you going to commemorate this uh, this, uh, this year? I mean, <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's nothing planned. Um, we're gonna, it's, it's basically business as usual. Um, but you never know uh, down the road. I mean, it's the, the years have come so fast and furious that I think I've forgotten <laughs> that it's been that long since getting NBC in 1992. Absolutely crazy. It's been an unbelievable ride covering the events that we've been uh, so fortunate to do. And you know, I'll be honest, all the announcers who do what I do, broadcasters I should say, just even outside the golf world, you know, you have to get lucky. You have to be at a place where what you do, and with me, golf, Olympics, and football, we've been able to stay in the game in those particular areas where you, you need the broadcast rights to be to be a player, so to speak. So it's been, a, it's been an incredible run and uh, we're not done yet. We're on the back nine, but we're not done yet. Exactly. Well, speaking of broadcast rights, you got the Open Championship just about six years ago. Did your first one out there. Uh, I want to say it was Royal Troon in Scotland. Yep. What are you looking forward to about getting to St. Andrews, the home of golf for Dan Hicks' career? I can't tell you how much I've looked forward to this. I've never been <laughs> to the old course St. Andrews. People, people, I tell people that and they're like, wait a second, you've been doing golf this long? I haven't been there as a, I've played in Scotland, I've been to Scotland, I've been in the area but I've never been to the hallowed grounds of the old course. So I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of guys on our crew, Mike Tirico, obviously, Terry Gannon and other guys, Zinger, who was at ABC back in the day. Oh, yeah. With Mark they, Loomis and yeah, the old production Mark team. Loomis and the whole, all those guys. Have, Nick uh, Faldo was yeah. on there oh, for yeah. a while, like too. the only guy I think that hasn't been there. <laughs> uh, really, I might be the only guy with all the players that we've had that played opens over there. But uh, can I tell you how much I'm, I'm looking forward to it? immersing myself in that place. It's special. I know there's no other place like it, but the rest of it, I'm going to get there a little early and just take it in and, and uh, let it, uh, let it uh, wash over me, as they say. Absolutely. Well, there's another big venue, Brookline. Yeah. The last time you were there, 23 years ago, one of the great Ryder Cups in all of history, oh, yeah. you were, got to be a part of calling the action there. W what is going through your mind as you get ready to go back to Brookline? Have you been back since? I mean, what are you thinking? I have been back a couple times for some various events, and uh, so I haven't, you know, I've, I've been back since 99, but I, I, I tell people, they say, well, what are your favorite events that you've ever done? And the Ryder Cup in 99 is uh, at the top, near the top of the list. I remember I was in a tower, and I remember that uh, I was a Bernard Gallagher, and we were we were just hanging out, watching this whole thing unfold. And it's one of those it was one of those events where I constantly had to tell myself, take a deep breath, because the the action and the avalanche of momentum changing stuff that happened on Sunday was something I'll I'll never forget. So I cannot wait to get back there for this time for U.S. Open. Great history there. Fantastic golf course and uh, it's going to be special for us to get back. You already kind of alluded to it there with 99, but what are the top two Ryder Cup moments in Dan Hicks's career? I mean, you've been blessed to cover it for oh, so man. many years now. So hard. 99 is, uh, is on top of the list, just for, just for the way Sunday unfolded. After that, it gets a little harder. Uh, but, hey, I'm, I'm an American, so I, <laughs> I, will, I will lean toward probably Hazel team was just a phenomenal event. But you know what, as I go back to Celtic Manor in 2010, even though the European team won, the crowd that enveloped around Graham McDowell for the clincher was, I think, the, one of the greatest visual in Ryder Cup history, because we had 
uh, we had a camera shot from up above the green when the crowd went around him, and I think that encapsulizes <laughs> what the perfect. Ryder Cup was all about. So, uh, so I would say 2010 uh, because it was just so dramatic. But the loudest roars to this day that I've ever heard on a golf course anywhere were at Hazeltine. So uh, that was that was really special. And and uh, and Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed match uh, is a pretty special memory as well. Well, you know, for me, what struck me about Graham winning, he had won the U U.S. Open at Pebble, which you yeah. covered earlier yeah. that year. And I was happy for him. Listen, we're journalists first, right? But the story, we're, we're happy for these athletes when they have breakthrough moments. So in your career, when have you felt the most, um, I don't know if the word's empathy or just excitement for a breakthrough of an athlete? You know, it's funny. Uh, Golf-wise, I get asked a lot about, you know, what, what are some of your favorite moments. And the one that just keeps coming back to mind, is I think it part of the reason was it was before I got to the 18th tower I was on the ground and I would do the winter interview afterwards Pinehurst with Payne Stewart as we go back to 1999 again oh, was probably one of the most powerful moments I've ever been a part of and that goes for any sport that I've ever done the whole backstory of Payne you know the year before at Olympic Club when he came up short and he was a change man it's been well documented for people that know and follow golf but I was greenside when he made that putt and did that whole deal, which is now a statue at Pinehurst. And then what's even more memorable was I was from me to you practically from Payne and Tracy when they were hugging and he was telling her, I listened to you. I, I, I kept my head down, lovey. I did, I, I did what you told me to do. It was just like so powerful. Tears are streaming down both their faces. I'll never forget it. So that, that left a real, real impression on me that moment at Pinehurst 99 got to yeah. yeah when I think about in your career who you've documented the most what are the bigger moments and the player that keeps coming up has to be Tiger Woods in terms of what you've been able to document in his career yeah so my question would be then with Tiger what moment kind of stands out there's so many but yeah. what moment for you stands out well, resonates I, I think it's pretty obvious what happened at Torrey Pines in 2008 at the US Open was <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's I still can't believe I can believe because it's Tiger Woods I can believe what he did but I think that probably stands out with everything that had happened to him walking the course on a broken leg and the, and the thing about Torrey Pines was it started right when we got there it wasn't like oh we were handed this great <laughs> final round it happened the, the entire course of the week he was hobbling around and he was double bogeying the first hole three out of four days it never let up and I think it built and it built and it built and then sometimes when you have a storyline like that, I mean, Rocco could have won or somebody else could have won. Easily. But in the end, not only did Tiger win, but the putt that he made in regulation on the 72nd hole to get it to 18 holes was, uh, you can't write a script like that. And to be part of that and part of a team that covered it, we were pretty proud of the, of the way we covered it. Tommy Roy, the guys in the truck, the angles that we had, the replays was like a, was like a fine-tuned orchestra. And um, so I'll, I'll never forget that. And live, you said, expect anything different. One <laughs> yeah. of your most famous lines in your career, I, my question to you, you play at wing foot, you play a lot of courses, you love this game. What is the biggest trash talk moment where you <laughs> dropped that moment, you, you made your birdie, and you said, boys, expect anything different? Believe me, uh, with my buddies on the golf course at wing foot or wherever I happen to be, usually comes up, you know, maybe a couple times each time. I don't, really offer, I don't really offer it too much because I feel like that's just kind of like, all right, we said it. It kind of stands on its own wherever. But if somebody makes a putt, inevitably, especially if I haven't played with them and it's kind of a, um, 
a new a new thing as far as being with somebody I haven't played with before. They'll 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 throw that line out, and it, it makes me feel great because <laughs> it makes me feel like we did something different or we did something right, and that we enhanced a great moment. So it does come up. Yeah. yeah. For your game, like I know you you, you play when you can, but uh, what is a what's a moment is one of your favorite times playing golf? I know you, sometimes you play with Hannah, your wife Hannah Storm, um, but what really sticks out in, in your time playing this game? Um. I think I would be probably remiss if I didn't mention my wife. But she doesn't play much golf anymore. But when I first we first got engaged, first got married, the first golf courses she ever played, <laughs> and I kid you not, were Pebble Beach, Spyglass, and we're sitting out over looking over Carmel Bay, and I said, "Well, so what do you think of this?" She goes, "Yeah, this is really nice." I'm like, "Really nice? It all goes downhill after this because wherever you go, you're really not going to experience anything quite like it." But I think from a from experience, just playing, I think going. There's so many great spots in, in America where you can play, but I think what really kind of resonates is when you go across the pond, you play in Scotland. Before Royal Portrush opened in 2019 in Ireland, I had a chance to go play Royal County down and, and work our way up the coast from Fluent to Dublin, play Port Marnock, and mm. it, it's just, it's just, it's different over there. It's just, uh, it's got an aura to it, and uh, just from, just because it's been around for so long that you know, nothing, I'm not saying nothing in the U.S. can match it, but historically, they can't match it. So I think a buddy's trip that I took to Ireland, playing all those courses before the Open, and then seeing Port Rush and hanging out there and watching Shane Lowry win was just the perfect <laughs> capper for a fantasy-like week for me, playing a little golf with some buddies over there and then uh, doing what I, doing, doing my day job uh, afterwards and uh, really appreciating what, what I saw with you know, a kid from Ireland winning in Northern Ireland um, was just something you can't uh, you can't ride either. What other courses did you play on that buddy's trip, and and what would you say to golf fans that have not played in Ireland yet? Wow. Uh, so, you know, start off in Port Marnock if you can in Dublin. There's a little place called the Island Club, which is unbelievable. I mean, you you know, a lot of times you don't even hear these things. Um, so we worked our way up. Let's see, where else did we play? We played. Um, so uh, north of Dublin, you, you went north yeah, from there. So I'm right? just trying to remember. I just want to make sure I get it right because we played. Uh, oh man, I'm spacing the place, which has the oldest clubhouse in the world. Like in the 1400s, it was it opened, and I'm trying to remember what the, the guys. It was like one of my favorite spots, and I can't remember what it is. Anyway, yeah. but Royal County Down was like an oil painting, playing inside of an oil painting. It was a perfect day, just a little bit of wind. You can get it on a rough day, but. That was probably the greatest golf experience I've ever had. Royal County Down. Just, just the what the, the sights and sounds. What about Royal County? Yeah, uh, I just think it was just special. It had the it factor. And I got to say, what what didn't hurt either was going in the locker room and the grill room afterwards after an incredible day, <laughs> having a couple pints, and we watched Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic. Remember that match? I think. Yeah, at Wimbledon, right? right it I'm was, but yes, it was, yes. One of the greatest tennis matches ever played. We're in there, and there was some other. There was a few other Americans in there. I remember, like Luke List was there. He <laughs> played on the course, and Jamie Mulligan was there. His instructor, those guys played. Joe Horowitz was there, who's a familiar name in golf. And we just all watched, watched the, one of the greatest tennis matches ever. It was like, is it getting any better than that after a day on the links at Royal County Down? It was awesome. Lastly, um, golf in Scotland. Have you been out to Scotland much? 
Um, I know you, you, you've been to Scotland. I think you said you played golf in Scotland yeah, in the past. You just haven't been to St. Andrews, yeah, right? I have. Played Muirfield, played Gullen, uh, played a couple of those charming places around there. Played Kings Barnes, which is more of a modern course. Uh, but uh, I got to check off the old course because, uh, I, I, you know, being in town there, uh, being a park on Sundays, the, everything about it is, and it's the 150th open. I mean, that's, I mean, it's crazy to think that the first time I'll see it will be for that event and do an event of that magnitude. Can't wait. And Hicks, thanks for joining me here on Beyond the Clubhouse, and good luck when you get to both Brookline and St. Andrews. Looking along forward the way. to it, Garrett. Always a pleasure. Good seeing you, pal. All right, my thanks to Dan Hicks from NBC Sports jumping on the pod there. That was again at Bay Hill, the end of February, early March. A lot of good stories. I love the the major championships you covered. Uh, moments with. Payne Stewart being on the green. I didn't even know he was on the green at that point. I guess that was Dick Enberg. Remember Dick Enberg's call. 1999 U.S. Open champion is Payne Stewart. That was Dick Enberg on the play-by-play for NBC. So it makes sense now, as Dan Hicks mentions, he was there on the ground. So really cool to hear that inside, inside the ropes kind of stuff from Dan. And in his career, great to hear some of the, the high points and some of the cool moments in golf that he was able to cover. His own golf game, too. I love uh, trips to Ireland, trips to Scotland, Kings Barnes, and some of the famous places there. So anyway, hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll catch up soon here. Enjoy the U.S. Open week, and talk to you soon on Beyond the Clubhouse.